Hello, everyone. This is David opposing the Matrix. How are you today? <clears throat> um, today is um, September 11, 2021. It's been 20 years since the uh, World Trade Center was taken down. Uh, who took it down? Some of you might think it was Arab terrorists, um, Islamic terrorists. Others, other people like myself think it was an inside job. It was our own government taking down some very well-known structures structures in order to implement a much stricter security um, detail in uh, the United States and to uh, gradually over the last 20 years take away more and more and more of our freedoms and give freedoms to our enemies, basically. <laughs> um, I don't know if you know this, but the People coming across the border illegally are being given ivermectin, uh, but you and I can't get ivermectin because supposedly it doesn't work. Okay, now you, they could argue, well, they're given ivermectin because they they might be coming over with worms. Okay, um, we're going to be watching the video. Well, actually, we're going to be reading about an idiot named, uh, <laughs> and I, I use the term lightly. Um, there are other terms that I'd rather use, but this is a, there's a possibility that family members will be watching this. And plus my faith has a lot to do with it too, but, um, I have to be careful what I say about this man, because I could really go off on a rant that would not be productive at all. Um, and I will not stoop to his level of lunacy, moronic activity, uh, idiocracy and, um, you name it. The guy's a fool. Um, in the Middle Ages, what they call these, they call these guys jokers and they call them, um, uh, entertainers that would go before kings and basically tell the king what he wanted to hear, uh, mocking other people, mocking the king's enemies and what have you and, um, making the king happy by, by paying him lip service basically in a, in a comedic sort of way. And that's all that Jimmy Kimmel is. He's he's a loudmouth lout that uh, unfortunately has gained a large audience of people that like to hear loudmouth louts. And uh, nothing good ever comes from what he has to say on his program. There's nothing edifying, nothing um, nothing good, nothing that would lift people's spirits. Um, only some only things that could. Um, uh, dehumanize and and just tear apart people and that's not necessarily what we need in our society nowadays so um, Jimmy Kimmel wants all um, anti-vaxxers to die well maybe idiots that have absolutely nothing to say of real value need to uh, you know <laughs> um, so anyway so we're going to look at that moron, and um, we're also going to take a little look at, uh, oh, let's see, what is it here? Oh, the COVID-19 medication, it says not the virus, uh, COVID medication, comma, not the virus, triggers 250% death rate spurt, and uh, we're going to be hearing from all people in Undertaker. And when you think that these people are the ones that basically see the bodies last, um, maybe they can offer a lot of uh, insight as to what actually causes all this stuff. So 
anyway, like I did last night, I'm going to be um, sharing these screens with you. And uh, if you can't read it, I'm sorry, but uh, it looks really nice on my monitor. And uh, I'm not saying that to rub it in uh, for people that can't read it, but there's <laughs> there's one or two people that like to write me and let me know that they can't read it because it's too small. Well, I begin to wonder if they can read anything anyway. So anyway, uh, let me go back here. And uh, you notice things are getting cleaned up around here. We're going to have somebody come and take pictures on Tuesday. Um, we're putting our house up for sale. And I've already had two offers. So, or two people that are interested. And the house isn't even listed yet. So, um, now we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I never expect good things to happen. I know it doesn't sound like a very, a person that has faith, but, um, you know, I've lived for 62 years now and I've learned to, to kind of expect for something bad to happen and just be really happy when something good happens. Um, here until I start reading. Sorry. Um, anyway, again, it's September 11, 2021 and the buildings came down 20 years ago. Um, would have been 20 years ago this morning. Um, I remember watching it on television. Uh, I got called from my mother in Florida, you know, for her, it was real time. Well, it was for us too, but it was, um, three hours earlier for us. And, um, I kind of had a, a closeness to the subject because when I walked to school in um, the early 1970s, I walked to a high school. I had to walk down Patterson Avenue in East Rutherford. And when one looked to the right, you could see the Twin Towers rising up. It was kind of neat to watch, actually. And uh, so I got to watch that for quite a bit. And I never saw the completion. Sorry, I'm about to yawn. <laughs> I apologize. Um, I ran out of cream, so I can't have any coffee. I may, well, I don't like to drink coffee before a show anyway, because then I have to exit the room, which I may have to do anyway in a little while. But anyway, uh, so, you know, I, and then all the people that died that day, well, anyway, I think it was an inside job. And, uh, you know, there's a saying in scripture that you'll know them by their fruits. Well, you'll know a deed by its fruits too. And it makes much more, excuse me. Oh, that was coming a long time. It makes much more sense to, for me to believe that it was an insidious act done by our, our own government or the dark, the deep state, you might call them, or, uh, the Illuminati or whatever in order to instill more security and clamp down more on the American people until we are at a point we are today where people are being told that they have to get junk stuck in their arm or else they're, going to be quarantined to their house and won't be able to fly and everything else. So, um, you know, take it for that value. Oh, sorry, folks. I don't know what's bringing on this sudden spurt of yawning, but I just want to get these, um, these two things done so you can be informed. And, um, after that, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, anyway, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this article, but I'm also going to, let me go back here. Show on stream. Okay. Uh, go back here and. Okay. Now my screen, it shows up really big. And if it doesn't on yours, I apologize. Oh, look at that. 
I can look and see on the uh, live feed what it's doing. And I don't know. I guess I could read that. I could read the big letters. <laughs> anyway, so sick and twisted, Jimmy Kimmel wants the, all unvaccinated people to die, but hopes the COVID clot shot won't clog his son's blood and, and strain his heart that's already already has an oxygen-deprived birth defect. Um, if we were back in Germany in the last century, in the 1930s and 40s, his son would have been taken away, and, and uh, what would have happened to him was what is he wants for um, anti-vaxxers. So um, not the kid's probably a really nice kid, and I don't want to fault him, you know. Um, I Actually, I have kind of a empathy for him because he um, – he is sick and he's, he's not doing very well. And, and my first wife actually had a heart defect. And, um, so that's something that kind of, kind of comes close to my heart. And, um, I just feel sorry for the son that he's got a moron for a father. Um, and I hope that he takes his mother's DNA, <laughs> doesn't take his father's DNA. Um, and that's my prayer. Anyway. Uh, this was written and published today, September 12, 2021, by author S.D. Wells. And uh, I always like to read the tags. Anti-vaxxer, bigotry, birth defects, celebrity, COVID vaccines, demented, dirty vaccines, um, discrimination, insanity. <laughs> Sanity. He's a liberal. It's a mental disorder. Okay. Jimmy Kimmel's another one. Left cult. Liberty, libtard, one of my favorite terms, lunatic, sick, television, vaccine, bigotry, vaccine, horror, and wokies. Oh, man, that note to self, trim mustache. Okay. Um, okay, it's got a picture. If you're listening, it's got a picture of a gloved hand with a syringe with something in it and, um, Looks like uh, a pile of red blood cells. So, anyway, here we go. This again, this is natural news. Have you ever heard of the new comedy show based on Jimmy on dying children or children dying? Yes, it's hosted by Jimmy Kimmel, who's running a hot piece on how hospitals should deny all care to anyone who won't take the China flu gene therapy jabs. Uh, send them home to die is the message, the punchline. Tell them to rest in peace. No jab, no hospital care, not even for emergencies. Go home and die. And then a laugh track sounds. You got to understand, folks, and if, I believe that he does have live, live audiences. And, and, and you know, the only thing worse than Jimmy Kimmel, the moron, is the audience, the moron, that actually goes there to watch this schlemiel. Um, and that's being too nice. It's actually more of a... um a putz, but, um, anyway, and you go to these studios and the people are dead silent because they're told to say dead silent. And then they're told that every time the sign lights up and says laugh, you're supposed to laugh. So what kind of moron lets people tell them when to laugh, you know? Um, I don't know, a special kind of moron, I guess. But, um, anyway, I always avoided going to things like that. I went to one or two of them when I lived back East and, uh, I had no, uh, no, no stomach for it. You know, it's, I got better things to do with my time than to watch some, um, putts up on stage, uh, giving his opinion about what he thinks and what everybody else should think. 
And that's the way these Hollywood and uh, Broadway people are, you know. Uh, and anybody that looks up to people like that, well, I'm sorry, but you've got enough problems by doing that. And we don't need to discuss anything else. Okay. It is no blow is too low debut performance. After taking the summer off, Kimmel ran a full length pharma presentation promoting vaccines and Fauciology with fear mongering, hoax, host charts and falsified statistics from faulty PCR tests. The comedy sketch went over about, went over about as well as the time that a few years back when he made fun of children who have permanent damage to their brains and bodies from vaccines. Oh, yes, folks, this isn't the first time. Uh, subtitle, Hollywood is dying from bad jokes and dirty vaccines. Many Americans have no clue that Hollywood is one big psychological operation or a psyop uh, to sell consumers bad food and patients bad medicine. That's why the kids are always drinking milk on shows and in movies, and that's why they always push vaccines that cause damage to the children's brains. I don't think that's funny. I was just thinking about something I heard on uh, on the radio today. It was a commercial for some event that's going to go on in, in the area here. And, uh, yeah, there's going to be fun. There's going to be food. There's going to be prizes. There's, you know, and this guy goes down this litany of different wonderful things. And while you're at it, you can get vaccinated. <laughs> like, well, that's a new one. That's, uh, that's really new. <laughs> uh, anyway, sales are nearly a hundred percent psychological. And that's why Jimmy Kimmel is trying his best to, to rag on Joe Rogan and especially Ivermectin because Ivermectin is the arch enemy of the blood clotting ADE causing COVID vaccines. Remdesivir and those choky to death ventilators. Oh, excuse me. Oh, I hate sometimes when they write like this. Uh, the enemy of the blood clotting ADE causing vaccines, remdesivir, and those choke you to death ventilators. Period. Ro- Joe Rogan uh, beat COVID easily, rather easily, with ivermectin, nutrients, some key vitamins, while completely avoiding vaccines. Kimmel's joke about Rogan as the unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo didn't resonate so well with his punchline for Rogan, who beat COVID in three days, being rest in peace, Wheezy. Make no mistake, Hollywood is selling dirty vaccines, selling dirty vaccines. Hollywood is all in for murdering Americans by buying the safe remedies for COVID, burying the safe remedies for COVID. If nothing new, Kimmel is the is the only joke that's happening on his show. Amen and hallelujah. Kimmel's son's health was never a topic to joke about. Okay, Jimmy Kimmel wants everyone to die now who won't take the COVID jabs, and he's not joking when he says it. Yet, it wasn't too long ago, just about four years, that Kimmel's newborn son, William, was diagnosed with a brain defect, or excuse me, a birth defect in his heart, his father's one has a brain defect, uh, called um, tetrazoli of uh, phallus. I've never heard of that. i got to research that. Where there's a hole in the wall between the heart's chambers, Jimmy had an emotional monologue for that harrowing hospital stay, and he managed to conjure up a, uh, fake, a few fake tears 
for the cameras to share with the with America or at least the leftist paid studio audience. See, there is a studio audience. Um, as a result of Kimmel's son's heart birth defect, his blood is not fully oxygenated as it circulates through his body. This is what my first wife had, actually. Um, this is strikingly similar to what COVID vaccines are doing to people with billions of toxic spike proteins circulating through their, all the blood vessels, clogging the heart, restricting the flow of oxygen and nutrients. Sound familiar? Yeah, my first wife had, um, she used to call it bad plumbing. She was born with bad plumbing and um, her father was well enough to do. He, they were from Mexico and well enough to do. Uh, he worked for Pedmex uh, or that's uh, uh, Mexican Petroleum or Petroleum Mexico and uh, was an engineer with them. And made some pretty good money. So when his daughter was born, my, you know, my, my first wife, um, he uh, took her to, to Texas of all places. There was a doctor that performed a surgery on her that, that back in the 1960s, the early 1960s was very experimental, but it worked for her. And, uh, you know, she had basically a life expectancy of seven or eight years and she died at 47. So, so something worked, right? But, uh, yeah, I can remember taking her to the hospital and her blood oxygen would be, uh, 55 or 60 and they would, <laughs> right away they want to rush her to the emergency. No, no, that's normal. It's really normal. Trust me. You know, and, and they do some research and they realized that it was a normal blood, um, oxygen level for her. You or me, if that happened to us, we'd probably fall asleep and never wake up, but she'd gotten used to it over, over the years. Plus she grew up in Mexico City with a very high, uh, altitude. And, uh, so anyway, I, I kind of got off the subject here. Um, let's see. Um, so are birth defects different? Many children suffer birth defects from flu shot vaccinations when their pregnant mother gets jabbed with uh, high doses of mercury, um, in the multi-dose vials, thanks to the CDC's advice. Kimmel encourages violence against natural health advocates and against crippled anti-vaxxers, anti-vaxxer children, does it matter if the kids are black or Jewish? What if his, what if his kid gets severely damaged from the COVID vaccines? What will they be the next hit piece on Kimmel's Vax Shill show? Only time will tell. Well, that and a few deadly uh, booster clot shots. Turns out vaccines are a form of medical violence against children and all human beings, and it's no laughing matter. Uh, and then they're advertising pandemic.news um, to, to go there and see more stories like this. And I always say I'm going to do that, but I always forget. Anyway, so I have nothing good to say about Jimmy Kimmel, nothing good whatsoever. And uh, I just know, <laughs> I know what his destiny is, basically. Uh, yeah, he was joking about hell today, or not today, but when I was looking at his, uh, one of his videos on YouTube and, uh, and, uh, well, Jimmy, it's not going to be a joke pretty soon. So, uh, enjoy life while you can, because when you come down with COVID, you're going to come down with the worst kind. So, um, then we'll see who laughs and it ain't going to be me, but, um, I don't know. Maybe God will have compassion on you. I don't know. But um, it's a good thing I'm not God because I wouldn't. So 
Anyway, that takes care of that article. Now, this is an article also, but it has a video, and that's what we're going to watch. Uh, and don't think that this is the video, because it's not. You can click on that until you turn blue in the face, uh, red in the face, or, or whatever color. Uh, COVID medication, not the virus, triggers 20, 250% death rate spurt. In his compelling video, a British funeral undertaker speaks to an independent journalist giving first-hand testimony revealing that uh, what is really happening where the dead from the care homes and hospitals are concerned. Undertaker John O'Looney talks um, talks of the lies and shenanigans spun by corrupt politicians and media to brainwash the public into believing there exists a deadly virus. Linda Naughton's interviews uh, interviews this candid funeral director to learn uh, that due to the medication giving during the pandemic, death jumped 250% when injections began. As part of my work, I visit hospitals routinely uh, during the pandemic. I got to speak to many staff. Uh, we all understood that we were being lied to, and and this was a fraud, says O'Looney. Undertaker explains it's a routine. It is routine that when collecting the dead for burial cremation, they keep a mortuary register, a kind of guest book, that shows a record of any unusual events. The Undertaker explains that he what he saw. During the pandemic, unusual patterns of high deaths at care homes where uh, the vast majority of deaths were known by staff not to be from COVID, more likely due to medication given to the elderly. Remember they came out when this all first started and they said, don't take, uh, what was it? Don't take Tylenol. No, no, ibuprofen. Don't take ibuprofen if you know you have COVID. And that got quiet all of a sudden, um, probably because, you know, the drug manufacturers make um, Motrin or Ibuprofen and, you know, they want to make money somehow. They get you sick and then they charge you a lot of money for all the, the cures that they've, they've invented to uh, keep your fever down and your pain at bay and everything else. So, okay, continue with this. Terminal cancer patients are routinely being recorded as COVID deaths. To many independent analysis, there appears to be a correlation between the supposed new variants and the vaccine breakthrough cases. New vac- and new variants are suspected to be nothing but a sort, but the sort and nothing of the sort, excuse me, and are actually adverse reactions to the experimental jabs. Any and all deaths are, gull- are glibly and dishonestly and likely criminal too, being certified as COVID and such variants, uh, and this is masking what some observers believe to be mass genocide. As concern grows about the misinterpretation, keen-eyed observers are asking why no journalists in the mainstream media have sought to investigate the true cause of the massive Delta wave, uh, the true cause of the massive Delta wave that hit India in, in mid-2021 following the mass vaccination campaign which began in January 2021. Uh, only independent and online citizen journalists and heroic whistleblowers seem to be seem to want to save us from all this tyranny. Um, as we have identified in many articles here on Principa Scientific International, the pandemic is coordinated international ploy based on allopathic germ theory. Ooh, neat. Increasingly seen as a scam pushed by the major Pharmaceutical companies, a litany of costly and unnecessary procedures and fake vaccines. 
allopathic germ theory. That's interesting. Um, that seems to suggest bacteria. Okay, and there's uh, asking for donations so they can continue to expose the lies about COVID-19. Um, and this is, uh, the name of this website is, and credit should go to, uh, principia-scientific.com forward slash COVID-medication-not-the-virus-triggers-250-250-percent dash death dash rate dash spurt forward slash boy that was fun okay now we're going to watch a video where this journalist is actually talking to to, uh, director John O'Leary funeral director John O'Leary and uh, so let's see what, what, uh, what happens here our first guest as we said is John O'Leary who is an undertaker a very noble profession as anyone who's had to deal with a you know with a death in their family will know just how uh, you know, you think it's a depressing job and then you think, no, it's not. Uh, undertakers help people at the worst stages of their lives and most of them are do a pretty fine job of it. So, John, are you there? Uh, on mute. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> right. Have you Irish roots, by the way? Uh, my family are originally from Cork and my great-grandfather came over on a coal boat to London. Um, many years ago, obviously. So I've got no Irish-speaking family here, but there's a strong tradition of decency and honesty, and I've never met an Irishman I never liked, so I like to think that's that's the Irish in me. I'd say nothing. <laughs> uh, you haven't met any of our politicians, obviously. Um, no. <laughs> or indeed any politicians. Yeah, their reputation <laughs> precedes them, unfortunately. Yeah, well, anyway... So I, I listened to a podcast you were on, which cut out, I'm afraid to say, halfway through. But you, what I found interesting was that you first came across the virus known as COVID in December 2019, which is kind of ahead of most of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, um, being, a, being an undertaker, I suppose, you know, I'm kind of in a privileged position to see things firsthand. And the first time I became aware was the tail end of November 2019, I had um, a family come to me and they'd lost a loved one in the, the neighbouring borough of Northamptonshire in the Northampton General Hospital. Um, and usually in a hospital, if you lose someone in, in, uh, in the hospital, they'll uh, attach to the mortuary. There's a viewing room, so you can go and pay your respects to them at the hospital in the viewing room. But the family said to me the hospital wouldn't allow that, um, and would I go and collect their loved ones so that they could do that. So, of course, I said, look, don't worry, I'll get it sorted. I went over to the hospital and I spoke to the, the, the staff in there, uh, collected the gentleman concerned, uh, and then asked them why they wouldn't allow anyone to, to, to view a loved one. Um, and he opened the door to the viewing room and there was a kind of inflatable um, isolation tent. I'd never seen one before. Uh, and he told me it was a pandemic tent and that there was something terrible was coming. And that was my first introduction uh, to COVID. That's bizarre, though, isn't it? Because... They only brought out the PCR tests in January. Um, I mean, we all know the whole thing is um, dubious, let's say, to put it kindly. But but that that they had a tent like that, you know, in late 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I must admit, I I was quite drawn in initially because um, if, as an undertaker, you attend the hospital 
and you pick someone up and they're in a body bag and somebody says, you know, don't um, open the body bag because this person's contagious. It might be HIV. It might be tuberculosis. You know, you tend to take it on board and you listen. Um, but it wasn't too long uh, in the year when once the news broke that I kind of um, I started joining dots and realized that it wasn't actually what we were being told on the TV wasn't wasn't what was happening. Um, so so um, uh, very early on in 2020, I had a guy ring ring the funeral home and he introduced himself. I'll be right back, as folks. A government-sponsored pandemic guy. Now there was a number of different people over the kind of 12-month period who rang, but it was predominantly one guy. Um, he said that he would be asking me a number of questions. So I said okay, because I was quite happy to help, you know. Um, and he would ask me what my capacity was to hold deceased how many I could take, um, where I'd pick them up from that week, and, and how many were COVID. So I would tell him every week, and every week he would ring up. And it wasn't too long before I felt that he was steering me a little bit, you know. Um, and by that, I mean the conversation would go much like um, I picked a gentleman up from a local hospice and another gentleman up in his 90s who um, passed away in an old folks' home. And he would kind of, um, ah, but wasn't there COVID in the care home? Wasn't there COVID in the hospice? Wasn't there COVID on the ward of the hospital? You know, and I'd never seen any tests. And these people were not COVID. I know they weren't because the families come in and they were frothing with anger because they'd had COVID put on the death certificate of a terminal cancer patient, you know, who'd gone into the hospital for the last two weeks to die and have palliative care. And they spam tested the PCR test until they got a positive test. Uh, you know, even the guy that actually designed the PCR test has openly said that's not what it was for. And the number of cycles they were running it, you could find um, COVID in a tennis shoe. That was his exact words. So so why would they do that? And I couldn't understand why. And this went on and on and on and on and on until in the end, um, you know, I kind of, the guy actually, it's surprising when you get to talk to someone once a week for a few minutes, if you're a people person, and I am, um, how well you can get to know them. And this guy openly admitted to me, he didn't know why he was being asked to do the job because there were no COVID deaths and everyone was saying the same thing. Now, um, very interestingly, we then, they talk about two waves, the first wave and the second wave. The, the second wave I'll come to, the first wave, I kind of nearly overlooked it and then I looked back through my mortuary register and I would, uh, a mortuary register, to explain to those that don't know, is um, a guest book. So it's when you pick someone up from their place of death, you'll book them in, where they've come from, the date that that took place, the collection, and also any personal effects. And then when the funeral has been arranged and they leave the premises, they're booked out. It's part of identification procedure. And it's part of me looking after someone, you know. Um, so, so I had a period in March and April where I attended exclusively care homes nearly every night for three weeks. Now, I've been an undertaker 15 years, and I worked for one of the biggest funeral providers, which was Co-op Funeral Care, um, for nearly 10 years. And never in those 10 years did I ever attend a care home three nights on the trot, let alone for three weeks, you know. So I know there was something untoward there. And it wasn't until I was talking to a guy um, many months later called uh, Mark, who's, who's collated um, procurement of a, a, sed a sedative called midazolam that's used primarily in care homes to sedate these people. Um, and let me explain midazolam. So when you um, suffer from Alzheimer's or dementia, you're physically 
very fit usually. It's your mind that's gone, and this is why you're taken into care. And gone are the days where we tie people to the bed. It just doesn't happen anymore. At least you like to think not. But they do it chemically, and they do it using this drug, midazolam. Now, the procurement of this midazolam is a set amount, and it's the set. there's a long history. There's a paper trail, as with any purchase. But at this time that I was being called to care homes, between March and April of 2020, the procurement of this drug went up a thousand percent. A thousand percent. And the paper trail is there. And the excuse uh, I think Matt Hancock gave was they were using it to uh, sedate intubated patients. Yeah? So that they could be intubated, have a ventilator down them. Now, I can tell you, I never once went in any care home and saw a ventilator once, ever. I never saw a COVID death. And yet everyone that I picked up was instantly labelled COVID. And I know at no time did any doctor attend any of the scenes of those deaths. I know they never because I had a, I had a letter from Thames Valley Police locally telling me to expect I had to declare death. And then if I had any concerns, I had to raise them. Ridiculous. You know, and I kind of uh, I sent him a stinging email saying, without being disrespectful, I'm not qualified to, to declare death. You know, what if I made a mistake? You know, I'm an undertaker. So, um, uh, and if I have any concerns, am I going to start saying to a family, there's blood on the pillow, what have you done? Do you know, it's ridiculous. But what it did do was it facilitated a really quick turnaround on all those deaths. Do you know? So they were, um, they were done and dusted. And in a couple of weeks, it all went back to normal. It was like it never happened. Well, that was the first wave. So, so also very early on in the process, I had a family come to me that had lost um, a six-year-old child. Now, um, my heart goes out to anyone that loses anyone they love, but particularly a child. And this is why I continue to speak out now, because they're now targeting your children and my children. They're, ch- they're going to they're gonna kill and maim child- children, I can tell you. I know it's going to happen. Um, so the, these people came to me and they wanted to see their, their child. And um, this was at a time when funeral directors were taking coffins directly to the hospital and putting people straight in them and sealing them. Um, It was for a number of reasons. Some of them were frightened. Um, Some of them, I suspect, it's very easy for them to do that and still charge the same money. You know, they they were providing half the service but not charging half the money, you know. So so I'm a strong believer in treating people as I want to be treated. And these are people that have lost their mum or dad over a Zoom call. Or, or an iPad, you know, or standing there in a hazmat suit. Unacceptable, unacceptable for people that have taken a Hippocratic oath of, oath of care. And I know, I've spoken to nurses that were taken into side rooms and told to give patients 60 milligrams of, uh, of midazolam, knowing it would be a fatal dose, but it was to give them a good death, Matt Hancock said. And he said that in Parliament. Uh, and he should hang his head in shame. He should languish in a prison cell forever, that man because he's authorised and forced medical staff to euthanise people. And now, consent is the key element now. I'm all for giving someone a merciful death. But the key element that's missing here is any form of consent. So mass murder took place, in my mind, in April and March of 2020. They then went on um, an extreme mission to fake every death as a COVID death. Even one guy that was run over was a COVID death, you know? Yeah, he went into hospital, had a couple of weeks in hospital before he passed away, it was a COVID death. They spammed him with a PCR. I had families coming in the door, frothing with anger, frightened to death that I wouldn't dress them because nobody else would. 
So I've washed and dressed every person that's come into my care. COVID or not, I don't care. I washed them all. I couldn't get a mask to do it because everybody was panicked buying them. So I, here I am washing and dressing people waiting to fall over. You know, um, and it never happened. I'm still healthy. My Obama, he's a heart attack survivor. He had a heart attack 10 years ago. Yeah. He's as fit as a fiddle. We're still here. It's a miracle, miracle of modern science. And many of these people, because they streamlined it, the, 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 you, you don't have to see it. A doctor doesn't have to see them. They can make a phone call, get authorised over the phone, pick them up. I was picking them up warm and embalming and dressing them warm. So, so you can't tell me they weren't contagious. If they were going to be contagious, I would have caught it, I'm pretty sure, you know. But, I mean, the big question, of course, is why? Why on earth would people do this? I think the, um, uh, I've asked myself the same question, and I'm a, a logical thinker. Uh, and um, I suppose being a funeral director, I've got a very inquiring mind, and I like to run through every scenario. And I've asked myself the question, why? Who would be the easiest to dispatch? It'd be the people who couldn't say no, who couldn't defend themselves. Yeah, and that's what they've done. Yeah, but why would you want to do that? I don't get it. To boost the death rate. They, they, it was well advertised, wasn't it? We're going to protect the most vulnerable in care homes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fine. Yeah. No, because I, well, we'll get on to that in a minute. Uh, but, well, I, I'll say it now, but we'll get on to it because there's something else I want to ask you. Uh, I do know three people over the age of 85 who are in the final stages of life. Who, you know, they wouldn't have seen out the year. They got the yeah, jab. Yeah. They got the jab and they were dead within a week. Yeah, yeah. I went and uh, interestingly, I went to get my hair cut today. Okay, yes. so uh, I see the same guys every time. They're really good guys. I got there and they're all really somber. I said, "What's the matter?" They said, uh, "The guy that uh, one of the hairdressers in there, 23, he, he got his second jab. He died the same day, heart attack. 23 years old, fit as a fiddle. It's one in another one in a million, another one in a million." Well, what, they, what they're not saying is that, you know, they're saying, oh, you can get blood clots if you uh, get COVID. But what they're not saying is virtually nobody gets COVID. So it's not compa- it's comparing apples and oranges. But I totally agree. You know, it's, it's you just, the, the figures are complete nonsense. But here's the bit that I find particularly sinister, which is just like what you were saying, that they claim that they're, that the whole purpose of all this, everything, the testing, the shielding, the da-da-da-da-da, is to protect the elderly and yet they bring in a program of the first thing that you're talking about and the second thing which is the magic injection and they're killing them off i mean they actually were instructed to give 60 milligrams and leave the room for 15 minutes unbelievable i've spoke to the nurses i've um since i've opened up about it but loads of people come to me nurses victims i had a mother an irish spoken mother in who lives in milton Keynes, who had a a child that believe had autism so she she was encouraged to give him to to protect him coerced and he's now in a vegetative state and nobody wants to know him the nhs don't want to know her and this poor woman broke her heart down the phone to me it was really quite upsetting you know um and, and reached out to me because i'd kind of spoken out about it um and i've had at least two dozen undertakers now contact me privately and say they totally agree. And they're all terrified because they know what's going on. They know what's going on. They, they're, 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 my pattern is not unique to me. They're, they know what's going on. They've had the same um, deliberate inflating of every COVID death. And interestingly, once they started putting needles in arms, it got to the stage where 
November and December, it was so quiet. I mean, we were doing funerals, don't get me wrong, yeah. maybe half a dozen or eight, which is, which is a little bit quieter than normal for a month. Uh, and um, uh, I, I actually said to my wife, I betcha when the needles start going in arms, and it was well advertised locally as, go, as, as beginning on January the 6th, and I said, you watch the death rate. And they all laughed at me. They all laughed at me, said I was a conspiracy theorist. And I tell you, the moment we came back from work, uh, after Christmas, we went into work on the second, and from the moment a needle went in an arm, the death rate went through the roof. I've never seen a death rate like it in 15 years. My hand on my heart, uh, um, I would say 250% what it should be. It was unbelievable. I had people ringing me from the hospital, crying down the phone. I saw nurses crying in the hospital, and it wasn't it wasn't like before where. It was all care homes, exclusively care homes in, in March and April. It was yeah. a mixed kettle of fish, uh, and it was literally anyone who got a jab. Uh, it was uh, pre- uh, predominantly jab recipients to the point where I was actually asking families, and I continue to ask them, was mum or dad jabbed? And they're all saying the same thing. It's almost exclusively jab recipients are dying. So could you explain what I found fascinating and why people aren't copping onto it is way back then, I, I just looked at statistics myself from the HBSC, which they've they've silenced, I think, due to something called a hacking, because the statistics aren't available anymore, and they used to be. And you'd look at them and you just thought, sorry, lads, there's nothing going on here. We yeah, if you're going to lie, you've got to be clever, and you have got to have a good memory, haven't you? You know, and they're just they're not clever, and they haven't got good memory. So the easiest way to say they've been hacked and pull pull the stats off. Well, it's, that's what's happened. And so it's impossible to know about the underlying conditions things. But the thing I do find, I also read that book by Hope, what's his name, about viruses. And we all yeah. know that we all know that there's a thing called the winter virus. Yes. Yeah. So what's happened? There, wasn't, um, there was no winter flu deaths at all last year, apparently. Not one. But seasonality, what's, what's the year like? an ordinary year prior to this for an undertaker? Um, an ordinary, it is seasonal work. So in the winter, you're always busier because the body, you've got a threshold that you can tolerate and you'll get perhaps a, a good flu and you've got COPD or heart failure or you're just very frail and elderly and it takes you beyond the threshold that you can cope with. So, so um, apart from the what I, I feel was a cull in care homes, from that, that was from March to the second week in April, and then it stopped. And then all the way up to Christmas, it was totally a normal year. The death rate wasn't any more at all. And that's what made me think, I wonder if the death rate's going to soar when they start vaccinating. They were busy trying to invent COVID deaths, you know, in cancer patients and stroke victims and anyone they felt they could label. They were even paying the local health authority a premium for everyone that had COVID on the death certificate. You know, so there's a financial incentive. How can people not see that and see what's going on in itself. You know, it's, it's crazy not to see it. It's crazy not to see it. Well, the mainstream media have a lot to answer for, let's face it. Um, no, they're complicit. All of them, they're complicit. I look forward to standing in Nuremberg. I hope I live long enough to go to Nuremberg because I want to stand witness and see these people face justice. Why do you think that the medical profession has has is just shutting its eyes to this whole thing. I think we've had uh, a number of years now where the interest rate's been virtually zero. Wherever you live, 
uh, whatever you earn, you live to. So we're all slave to the money lender, myself included. We've all got mortgages. We've all got to earn a living. To build uh, a career as a doctor takes many, many, many years of extremely hard work. Would you be willing to throw that all away in a heartbeat for a stranger? You're, you'll just follow the orders. And the odd ones that have got principles and do remember their Hippocratic Oath, they've walked, haven't they? Look yeah. at uh, Do- Dr. Sam White, you know, and then he spoke out and they struck him off. And a six-figure sum went missing from his bank account the same day. What? Yeah, a six-figure, uh, sorry, a five-figure or six-figure sum disappeared from his bank account the same day. I was told that by a very well-connected person from within that circle. And I've spoken to his legal team as well. Um, um, and, yeah, a large sum of money disappeared from that man's bank account the same time that day that he released that video, and then he was struck off. Oh, gee. I mean, it's a scary world, isn't it? What yeah, you... yeah, so, so the, there's, there's your motivation. I think um, for some of these MPs, you've got to look at what would, you, you, you know, look at it for what, what would it take you to lie? Um, a financial incentive and a seat on the ark for you and your loved ones. Would that be enough? I suggest it would be enough for a lot of people. If you were privy to what was going on and they said you can either be with us or you can have a jab, you know, how many people would, they would, they'd protect their careers and they're, they're shameless, aren't they? They're shame. they're showing that. I've spoke to nurses who have told me exactly what was said in these clinics, in these rooms by uh, the medical teams. They're not even running the hospitals now. The government are running the hospitals. I know because I've spoke to the people who work there. Who told me? They've confided in me. We're doing what we're told. We're not doing what we want to do. Here's a more general question. Mm. Why did they find, you know, here in Ireland, uh, you know, I was making jokes really about uh, whether we'll ever get out of this at all in Ireland, because, as you know, the Irish are the most compliant people on earth. And uh, the Irish are not rebellious. They really aren't. And but what really, really does fascinate me is what what is what has been the, the switch they've been able to turn on. In other words, are people I, I put it down here. I just wrote this question down. Do you think the scaremongering has made people more neurotic and fearful of illness? And oh, 100 um, percent. Who here um, is watching the show and wants to die? Well, no one. Know. No one. So so it's only because I'm in a very privileged position to be able to have seen through this lie over a number of many months, you know, and it was probably around 15, 16 months before I actually spoke out three, three, four months ago um, when I first spoke out and it took me a long time, a lot of dots. That's not right. And that, that's not what we've been told. And that's not right. And how many dots do you join before you can't deny it? I can't deny it, but I will say that the, the first three months, Four months, I was convinced. I was, I was really frightened. You know, I'm 53 years old, um, former smoker, so I'm a bit asthmatic. I was concerned, you know, um, uh, and I was f- frightened for me. But it wouldn't stop me looking after some, someone mm. because they've got to be looked after, you know. How can you tell someone they can't see their mum or dad? I couldn't. They might be able to down the road or they might um, do that in a hospital ward. But, I mean, I've never made any sort of Hippocratic oath, but I can tell you if I had, I'd follow it. I'd follow it. I wouldn't be making people say goodbye to their mum or dad over a bloody iPad, you know. It's, I don't know how they can live with themselves. They've got to live with that forever. It's absolutely scandalous. But I, I do yeah. But I do wonder why 
so many people are, you know, you're saying, yeah, none of us want to die. That's true. But but the well-lived life, I mean, we're not being allowed to live. And if no. we're not allowed to live, I, I mean, I firmly believe, and I'm not religious at all, but I believe that we are, you know, Mother Nature or whoever put us on this earth, we have a purpose. We're supposed to, you know, live our lives in a certain way. And yeah. we're not being allowed to live our lives, which makes people somehow even more, you know, health and safety conscious and all this kind of nonsense. But I, I think that's been part of the whole agenda. I don't think, to be honest, perfectly honest with you, I don't think there ever was a COVID. I don't even think there was a Wuhan or a Chinese lab. It's all smoke and mirrors, sleight of hand. You know, tell people there's a terrible, deadly pandemic, fake a load of deaths, cold people who can't speak out just to have a slight increase and in there. Everyone will line up for an injection when they get sick and die. Tell them it's COVID. People will believe it. They will, they will believe it because the truth yeah. is too horrible to disbelieve. Is it? You know, nobody would believe it because it's too horrible. I wake up every morning and I still can't believe it. I still yeah. can't believe it. And I'm seeing it on a daily basis. Well, I, the, what the wake-up call for me was seeing Dr. Martin's uh, testimony to the Fulmic Commission pointing out that Big Pharma has a, a business model that apparently is disintegrating. I mean, I'm not a financial person. And they expect, whatever way they run their businesses, they expect them all to go bankrupt by about 2030. So they have to find something new. And number one, they thought, right, what do we do? Right, well, we've finished with humans because all of the drugs are becoming generic, so they can't make money out of it. So we move on to pets. So they decided to invent new kinds of medical interventions for dogs and rabbits. And that was in 1999. Mm-hmm. And as you probably know the rest, 200, 2004 was the first time they presented a thing called SARS-CoV-2, which mm-hmm. the patent office said would get lost. Come on, it's 99.9% nature. You can't mm. nature. And then, boom, it's suddenly, suddenly there's 4,000 patents on something yeah. called SARS-CoV-2. Plus, even before that was allowed, that they had the antidote, which was going to be the experimental injection. Mm. So that, to me, you know... It's it's um, it's really damning. I think the thing that disappoints me the most is that we've let. I think um, this this is certainly a, uh, a situation that you're going to see the best and the worst in people, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. And we've seen the kind of choice that we've got as voters now. There is no choice. There is no choice. They're all the same. They're all the same. It doesn't matter, red or blue. Um, and I think um, it's time for change, for real change. Um, I would say to you, if somebody's 50, 60, 40, 30, uh, and has a sudden heart attack and falls over, which I'm seeing a lot of at the moment, um, it's very sad, but people move on very quickly. Um, they're, they're fully committed to the agenda, um, uh, and they're going to keep pushing. And when they inject kids, a lot of kids are going to die, and a lot of kids are going to be maimed, and they'll call it COVID. It isn't COVID, it's the jab. Yeah. that's all it is and I do wonder how they can explain that now people don't love anything more than they love their kids yeah. will people finally wake up when children start falling over or are they going to be cold, told that it's COVID and believe it who knows we're about to find out but I can tell you now the moment they start sticking needles in kids kids are going to die well, I can tell you yeah. it's not COVID it's not COVID well, we know that uh, you're considered to be a COVID death 
up to, you're considered not to be protected, although we know it doesn't protect you, uh, for 14 days until 14 days afterwards, or rather 13 days, 59 hours and 59 seconds, and one second later, and then suddenly you'd be, so that's the way, that's in the United States, I'm not quite sure. Yes, uh, I'm really not sure here, but um, to be honest with you, I'm seeing, um, it's a question that I routinely ask now just for my own curiosity, really, because I know the answer. You know, um, people are coming in um, from and they're suffering unexplained death, stroke or heart attack. Yeah. Fit people, you know, fit people, young people, 30s, 40s. Um, and I know, I know, I mean, they're, they're well advertised now. Um, they're expecting COVID in children in schools. They're advertising it in the same way they did. COVID's going to kill people in the care homes. And do you know what? They will be killing children in schools. I know it's going to happen with almost a soothsayer-like quality. I can tell you now, as soon as they put needles in children's arms, children will get sick and they'll die. Right. Well, on that sorry note, we're going to have to leave it. Uh, I hope we can keep in touch. Um, one of the things I do wonder, I have a friend who's just out of hospital with blood clots, but he was vaxxed about six months ago. So he would fit, you know. And, 25 uh, weeks ago. But you, yeah, do you reckon? It's still. Yeah, 20, 20, 25 weeks ago. I mean, I'm seeing people. Um, I had a young girl in a few weeks ago in her 40s. And obviously, I'm kind of limited on what I can say. Um, but she was, was vaccinated a few months ago. That's all. Well, when you think about it, it's only four months ago. You know, people have complaining of headaches and, and aches and they felt terrible and their arms all aching. And I've seen so many adverse effects now. Uh, and so many people have reached out to me. I, I've um, lost count of them. I've lost count of them. So many one in a millions, do you know? Um, and I think they've kind of all targeted me to vent to because they've seen what I've said and they know why I'm talking about, because they're, they're going through it, they're living through it, and, and straight away they're dropped like a hot brick, you know, the moment they, they have an adverse effect, they're not interested in them. Right. In fact, interestingly, one more, one more thing, I did um, a funeral for a senior healthcare guy last year who lost um, his partner, um, natural causes, wasn't a COVID death, but um, he, I actually asked him and, and said, what do you think to these and he said don't touch them he said they're deadly deadly dangerous he said i cannot urge you enough don't touch any of these vaccines because they're not vaccines he said to me they're gene therapy they're not vaccines don't touch them and i listened to what he said i had no reason to disbelieve him we had a real good connection there because i get quite close to families you know when you're looking after someone's husband or wife or mum or dad or a child you get a bond real quick it's not like a plumber or electrician um and um the whole thing that I work around is honesty. You know, I treat people as I would want to be treated. And this is why I'm speaking out, because I've got nothing to gain. I've got everything to lose, you know, um, and I wow. don't care about the consequences for me. People need to tell them no, enough's enough. And I suggest if you don't believe it when kids start dying, I don't know what will wake you up. Hmm. Right. Well, thank you, John. And God I would bless like you. all undertakers, because I do know that... The service I have got from undertakers has been wonderful, is all I can say. So keep yeah, up. Yeah, we care about people, you know. Yeah, well, we are, fingers crossed what you said. I, nobody hopes they're wrong more than me, I can tell you. I'm the same, I'm the same. Right, thank you, John, again. God bless you.
All right, folks, that was pretty interesting, huh? Not even pretty interesting, very interesting. Well, he's just echoing what a lot of scientists are saying, a lot of researchers are saying, those that don't work for the national government or any kind of media outlet, know the truth. And every time they try to tell the truth, um, you hear crickets. Um, nobody's there to listen. Uh, if the press is called, they don't come. Just a big, um, the government's a big sham is what it is. <laughs> uh, let me turn this off here. Okay, here we go. So, folks, I'm, I'm not going to stay on any longer. i got to get this show downloaded and then uploaded to Rumble. So, uh, seen a, pretty, a couple of pretty good, uh, well, one screenshot. Um, and scrolling down on that. And the other one, uh, the article is in the video. So, um, more brain food, more ammunition if you need it to maybe save a loved one or sub, save um, a good friend or something. Here, there. Oh. to save them from, from going in and getting that death jab that uh, might impact them the rest of their lives, however long that may be. Um, Jimmy Kimmel, um, I've never watched his show that much. The only time I see it is when they're showing it and they're bragging about how he was he's dissing Trump or, or something like that. Um, got no use for the guy, just like I, I got no use for mosquitoes, you know. Yeah, it's good. He is kind of a bloodsucker. He's a, a comedy um, applause sucker. How's that? Or just a regular sucker. So anyway, folks, I'm going to get off of here and probably well, be back on Monday for sure. Brian and I will be talking about uh, a slew of things, actually. Um, this whole world has fallen apart, and we're going to attempt to look at some of the things that are happening, aside from the COVID. Um so um, with that, I bid you a fair ado, and I pray that in Yeshua's name that you have a wonderful weekend, what's left of it anyway. It's into Sunday already right here, so uh, keep us in your prayer about our future move here. Uh, we might be off the, off the, uh, through the program for a week or so, but uh, be back for sure because I enjoy doing this, and we may even have a better internet connection than I have here. So, um, all things work for the good of those who love love the Lord. I'm sorry, folks. I just totally ruined and I apologize. And that's why I got to get off of this thing so I can go to bed. Um, Hey, be blessed. Uh, Have a great rest of the weekend. We'll see you Monday night. If you so desire to listen listen live, you can go to uh, Twitch and listen there. And uh, it's weird. I'm watching myself about five seconds in the past. I can time travel, folks, for five seconds anyway. So um, with that, I'm going to say over and out. God bless you. And um, see you soon. Bye-bye, folks.